Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's Pastor Michael Petit. Hey, it's uh, Pastor Michael Petit. I'm, I wanted to, to tell y'all, I want to first apologize to y'all. I think we had uh, the video going uh, last night at our um, service, and I think about 17 minutes into it, it cut off. And so uh, what we've realized is we're beginning to have problems with the Wi-Fi uh, in the building. And so we're going to start working on trying to fix that. And so what I wanted to do is to let you know that when we have um we're actually going to be bringing in um another uh, another way of recording to where we actually get the video recording so regardless if the wi-fi goes in or out we'll actually have the video recording and if if it does go out we'll load it up uh and and premiere it that day uh so that way you can watch it on youtube or on Facebook or on the website so we want to uh, tell you we're sorry about that uh, but in the meantime we had the audio recorded from last night and so we hope you enjoy this message from Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 19 good evening it's uh, Pastor Michael Petit and we're gonna be in Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 19 uh, I entitled this oh God strengthen my hands Oh God, strengthen my hands. And you'll you'll see where that comes from. That's actually from one of the scriptures here in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 6. And, and so last week what we saw was the opposition from within. Uh, we we had the, the, the Jewish people were taking advantage of the Jewish people, uh, the ones that didn't have grain, that didn't have food, because there were so many people starting to pour into the city. Uh, and, and so they were overcharging them so to say and then also uh, you know taking loans off their land and taking the kids for uh, as collateral uh, and and so sadly that was all happening within uh, the community of the Jewish community so uh, I think that was one of the things that's pretty uh, pretty bad but I mean we've seen the enemy kind of come at them in different ways and tonight we're gonna see another tactic that the enemy use um, and, and this one is actually, you know, it's, it deals with how the enemy can be very cunning. And a lot of times when we go on mission trips or we're doing an outreach, we're in prayer for it beforehand. We're preparing and putting on the armor of God. We know that we're going into battle and, and we're going to serve. And, uh, and so we know the enemy is going to try to attack the, the week leading up to it, the day of the event, and even after the event when we're tired. But uh, this is going to be like a sniper shot. This is uh, the attack the enemy is going to do is going to be like a sniper shot coming from nowhere. And, and now, instead of trying to attack the city, instead of trying to attack the people of, of Jerusalem, um, instead of trying to attack the work, they're, gonna, uh, they're now going to come after Nehemiah. 
Uh, so they're going to come after Nehemiah. And so that's why I say a sniper shot is going to be just for Nehemiah. And so remember, one of the things that we we need to remember about this is Nehemiah had been praying over four months just to get there. Just to get there. And it's only going to take 52 days uh, for the wall to be built. So, uh, And it's almost done. And so we're going to see this tonight. And, and one of the biggest things that I hope you get from tonight's study is the importance of spiritual discernment. To be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, to be led by uh, the wisdom of the Lord. It's very important. Nehemiah, this was something that uh, we'll see time and time again with Nehemiah. And so let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do ask that you be with us as we get into tonight's word. We do lift up uh, uh, Israel to you, Lord, uh, your nation. We pray that uh, that you know, as the United States stands with Israel, we pray for for peace. Uh, we pray for uh, for Palestinians to come to know Christ. Uh, we pray for Hamas to be blinded. Uh, and and uh, anyone else, whether, you know, if it's Iran or anyone else who's helping those governments that are helping start this mess, uh, we pray that you would blind them and, and, and you bring judgment to them, Lord. Uh, we pray for the people of Israel. We ask, Lord, that you keep them safe. Uh, we pray for our United States and, and just this pipeline mess and the uh, gas mess that we see going on. We pray that uh, that the decisions that are made by our um, our president would be uh, ones that are made by uh, in a godly way, Lord. Um, you know, we do appreciate that he did uh, step up and stand up for Israel. And uh, we pray for the administration. We pray for our Congress and our Senate. And we pray for the city of divine, Lord. We pray for the, the lost souls in divine that they would come to know Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We know that the enemy comes to attack in many ways. And we ask for that spiritual discernment. We ask for that wisdom. And we ask for, for you to be able to help us to be here, to be ready to listen to your word, to be able to apply your word. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. So, Nehemiah chapter 6 uh, and we're heading into verse 1. Uh, it says, Now when Samballot and Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of the, uh, our enemies heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates. So basically where we're at right now is the wall is pretty much done. All they have to do is hang the doors on the gates, and that's it. And so they're, they're almost complete with the work. And, and we see uh, in verse 2 that Samballot and Geshem, now these are people that we remember, you know, uh, sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakafram, uh in the plain of Ono. Uh, but they intended to do me harm. Um, so they were plotting against him. Uh, and, and, and we already understood these men had character flaws that they were being used by the enemy. If we go back to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19, we see when, it, when, when Nehemiah first brings up what he's going to do uh, to help uh, get the walls built, who's the first two critics that were there? The three of them. It was Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And it, it, it's in verse 2, verse 19. It says, But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant and Geshem the Arab heard of it, 
They jeered at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So they, they made accusations that he was rebelling against the king. They automatically, before knowing him, try to disparage his character. Like they, they, they try, he tries, they try to ruin his character right off the bat in saying that he's trying to cause an insurrection, if that's a word that we're allowed to use today. A real insurrection, so to say. Um, but we see also in, in verse 4, in Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, they were mocking them. Uh, and so they continued this in Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now when Samballot heard that uh, we were uh, building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. He said, In the presence of his brothers, and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? So he's calling them names. Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they receive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? And and so they they they're mocking them and and ridiculing them. And then next they 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 uh, in Nehemiah chapter four verses seven and eight we see that they they. They threaten physical harm to the people of Jerusalem. And in, in verse four, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, But when Sam bowed and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to, closed, uh, be, beginning to be closed, they were very angry and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And so... I don't know about you, but one of the things that we need to remember is that if we know the enemy is the enemy, we need to we need to not make deals with them. Okay, um, that's why you know you can you can have an opinion all you want, thinking that Palestine is this innocent victim, but you need to remember that it was Palestine that was throwing hundreds of rockets and trying to kill people and actually killed their own people in Israel. This is none of this stuff has been in the news. And loud, they're actually they killed a Palestinian family by the rockets that were thrown by Hamas. And they killed their own people. And, and and time after time after time we've seen Israel set up and try to do peace talks with them. And Palestine backs out every time. They back out every time. We send them money. And what do they do? They buy rockets. It, it's that you can't sit down with the enemy. You can't make deals with the enemy, and that's that's what Nehemiah. What we're going to see here is Nehemiah is not going to do it. That's why Nehemiah, back in in verse two, he says, "But they they intended to do me harm. I knew they were going to do me harm. We don't make deals with the enemy. I mean, we see that in the Old Testament." It, when it happens, it, it, it just doesn't end well. In Joshua, you saw when, in Joshua chapter 9, verses, uh, verses 3 through 9, when uh, the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done to Jer Jericho and, and to Ai, they on their part acted with cunning and went out and made provisions and took, uh, took worn out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins worn out. And torn and mended with worn out patches and sandals on their on their feet and worn out clothes, and all their provisions were dry and crumbling. 
And they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgad and said to him, And to the men of Israel, We have come from a distant country, so now make a covenant with us. And sadly, Joshua and them make a covenant without, uh, without consulting with the Lord. They didn't seek the Lord's wisdom in that. And they end up finding out that the Gibeonites, they, 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 were, they lived right next to them. But they just, they just lied to them. Their character is flawed. And we have to be very careful when we make decisions. We need to be led by the Lord. We need to be guided by spiritual discernment, spiritual wisdom. Uh, it's very important. You know, it's at the end of the day, that's why it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will, keep, he will make your straight, uh, straight your paths. See, it's like you're not supposed to lean on your understanding, but you're supposed to lean on and trust on the Lord. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. We just need to go to the Lord. We need to go to the Lord. And that's why it says, But they intended them harm. How did Nehemiah know this? Right? God showed him. God showed him. Nehemiah uh, had discernment. Why? One of the things that, that help you with discernment is your relationship strength in the Lord. And what I mean by this is you actually spend time in God's Word. You spend time in prayer. And you spend time seeking and praying for guidance and to be led by the Spirit. And the Lord will reveal the direction you need to go so you don't create these compromises. Because see, it would have been very easy for Nehemiah to... Make a deal with Sambal and Tobiah. Let me make a deal with them. And that, and that way I don't have to deal with these people anymore. Right? But no, it, you can't make a deal with the enemy. You need to be guided by God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 says this, And it is my prayer that you love, uh, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. It's, you know, we pray. Paul was saying, hey, we pray. With knowledge and all discernment. You know, it's something that we need. You know, we the reason why we go to the Lord is because God knows the heart of man, not us. God knows the heart of man. Remember in John chapter 2, uh, verses 24 and 25, Jesus knew the heart of the people that were following him. He knew that some of the people that were coming to, to come out to see him were only there for the free food. And we're only there for the show, to see people healed. That's what they were there for, to see demons being cast out. And in John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, it says, But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. That's who we need to go to. One of the things that I also you need to remember about this is Nehemiah, this was not his first rodeo. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. There were people that were always trying to kill the king, always trying to take advantage of the king. And Nehemiah, remember, we talked about the cupbearer. What was a cupbearer? The cupbearer would be equivalent to the chief of staff of the White House. 
So that they would have had to have known everything that was happening and know the characters and the people that were involved. And honestly, it was very easy for Nehemiah to not make a deal with Sam and Tobiah and Geshem because he already knew their character. It was, it was revealed to them right on that first day that they met. On that first day. In verse 3 it says in Nehemiah 6, it says, And I sent messengers to them saying, I'm going, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? So what he's saying is like, I need to finish the work that the Lord has placed on my heart to do. God has given me a direction. God has given me guidance and I want to finish the work of the Lord. That's what I'm here to do. And, and honestly, what he's kind of saying is like, look, I'm going to finish the work of the Lord. And if you still want to meet, we can do that after the work of the Lord is done. But we see what happens in verse 4. It says, and they sent to me four times in this manner, and I answered in the same manner. So they came to, came to him four times. And let me tell you something. This is very, like, should be eye-opening to you that the enemy will not stop coming. Because most people on the third time would crack. Right? The enemy just keeps nagging and nagging and nagging until you just submit and, and say, I, I, I'll i just go ahead and go meet with Sam Ballin and Tobiah. He wants you just to give up. And we have to be stand firm in the faith, be strong, and not fall for those cunning, uh, you know, quick type temptations that come. You know, and, and the enemy just keeps coming at you with the same thing sometimes to get you to fall. And, and we know that from Samson and, uh, you know, Samson's character, you know, unfortunately was not the best. And, you know, in verse 16, it says that when she pressed him hard with her words, and I want you to make sure you get this, when she pressed hard, pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. So we know Samson was a man that was flawed, but that pressing day after day from the enemy, he, he finally just said what, what the reason why his, his strength was there. He gave it up. And we know Joseph, Joseph, a man of godly character. You know, Joseph was harassed and day after day, and we see it in Genesis chapter 39, verses 7 and 10. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. Uh, but he would refuse and said to his master, Behold, because of my master has no concern about anything in the house, he has put everything that he has in my charge. And, and then it says in verse 9, He is not greater in the house than I am, nor he has kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How? Then can I go down this great wickedness and sin against God? And she spoke to Joseph, and this is it right here in verse 10. And she spoke to Joseph day after day, and he would not listen to her to lie beside her on or to be with her. And we know how that ends. You know, he ends up having to flee from sin. He ends up being put in jail for doing nothing. But the enemy kept coming after them day after day. And that's what's happening with Nehemiah. But now we see not only four times do they come after Nehemiah, they come after him on, on five, the fifth time. In verse 5 in, in chapter 6, it says, In the same way, Sam Ballot for the fifth time 
sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. This is a little weird here. First off, normally when you would send a letter, it would be sealed. It would have um, like a, a circle of uh, pressed wax and it would, it would seal the letter so they would know if anybody had opened it. You would never send an open letter because what, what would an open letter do? People read it, right? And, and, and what is the equivalent for us? Right, so we know that the four times he came after him, the enemy, right? But the fifth time, we know, again, his character is being revealed because he sent an open letter. He sent an open letter because he's trying to bring uh, shame and, and question to have people gossip about Nehemiah, right? And, and an open letter would go from person to person to person before it would ever get to Nehemiah. And so everybody would read it, and then it would be just like gossip uh, going out over a text. But for us, an open letter would be like a phone, leaving your phone open, and somebody just being able to go through it. And it being passed to the person, to the next person, to the next person. They can read all your TikTok and Instagram posts and all your DMs and stuff you thought were private. They have access to all of it. And, and and sadly, you know, this is what the open letter says in, in verse 6. It says, it, and, and it was written, it was reported among the nations. And Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to, intend to rebel. That uh, that is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their, their king and you... Uh, you have also set up the prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. And now come, let us take counsel together. So you see what he did is he's accusing him of trying to be the king of Jerusalem. Right? The king of Judah. Uh, that he's setting up these walls to, to, to have his own empire, so to say. You know, this is very similar to what the Palestinians are doing to Israel. They shoot rockets across and then they play victim. And what's sad is this is Geshem. You know, this is Geshem. You know, it's he's telling them, hey, they intend to rebel. And who's actually doing the rebellion? It's Sanballat and Tobiah. It's Geshem. You know, no different than the Palestinians and Hamas. They're They're actually... Throwing rockets across and and then acting like oh well we're we're being we're the victim, you know it's like you're stirring up the mess. And and they were defaming uh, Nehemiah. They were trying to bring question to his leadership. And at the same time, if if the Persian king had any idea that this was happening, they would kill Nehemiah. Would be killed. Uh, the the Persian king would behead. Anybody. Anybody. And so how do we react when we're publicly attacked? Right? When, when somebody comes after us verbally and attacks us. Because if you're in church or you're in ministry of any kind, you're going to go through times where people will publicly attack you. Right now, I, you know, I, I, I hate to keep bringing up Israel, but we're seeing the United Nations actually... Uh, is publicly attacking Israel for defending themselves and defending their people. 
But for us, you know, we see on a on a continual basis. I, we have pastors in, in in Canada that are being arrested for preaching the word. They're being publicly attacked, verbally attacked. You know, I can't govern. I can't govern what someone else says. Right. And, and so the only thing I can try to do is govern my reaction. And even with that, I got to be careful because in James chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, it says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, and full of deadly poison. And so no one can tame the tongue. And so we have to be careful because I can't even govern my own mouth at times. Okay? So I need to be, I need to, re, the way I react is everything. Right? I can't control how the other person reacts or what they say. But I need to react in a way that's godly. I need to be led by the Spirit. I don't really need to defend myself. Because see, what slander does is when someone tries to verbally attack you, what they're doing is they're trying to discourage you. They're trying to discourage you. They're trying to get you to stop building the wall. They're trying to get you to stop doing the Lord's work. In Proverbs chapter 16, verses 27 and 28, it says, A worthless man plots evil, and his speech is like scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisper separates close friends. Another thing that slander does is it actually changes the focus of the Christian. It can actually take our mind off of, of what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord, and we start trying to defend ourselves. And, and we're not focusing on doing what God has called us to do, and that's what Satan wants. He wants us distracted. And, and another thing that, that um, when you're verbally attacked and when, when slander comes, it also creates division. You know how how do you respond to the the to the gossip when someone confronts you? You know what you do is you just give them the truth. Cause see what ends up happening is when you start having gossip happen and division. That's really where division is, is because people start picking sides, and and so that's where the division begins. And so what we do is we need to just give them the truth, and that's what Nehemiah does in verse eight. It says, "Then I sent to him saying, No such things as you say." have been done for you are inventing them out of your own mind. So Nehemiah has resisted the devil, not gonna not going there. And he, he just hits them up with truth. He, he simply told them, look, it, it was not true. And in verse nine it says, for they, are, uh, for they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands would drop from their work and it would not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. So now he goes to prayer he asked God to do what? To strengthen his hands. To continue the work. He puts his focus on the Lord. You know, he puts it, he, he just gives it right back to God. And it's like, Lord, you strengthen our hands. You help us. Help me make the right decisions. Give me the wisdom and discernment. And, and, and trust the things that God is putting uh, in front of me to do. And you silence those that are coming against us as you know uh, that's that's what you're going to do not me and so we need to be careful when we have those rumors or, or you know and it's funny we we see the evidence right 
of, of Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. We see their evidence that they're being controlled by evil. But one of the things that we need to remember in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, it says, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. God is our defense. God is our defense. See, one of the things that we have to be is we have to be someone above reproach. Because yeah, if you're one of the things that confronts slander is when you're above, above reproach. In Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 15, it says, The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took for them for their daily rations 40 shekels of silver. Every, even their servants lorded over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Nehemiah could have had the portions of the governors, but he didn't do it. And these governors actually added more burdens to them, but he didn't do it. Why? Because he had the fear of God. He had the reverence of the Lord. And, and he was above reproach, and that's how we should be. You know, it's, we don't have to worry about trying to defend ourselves if we're above reproach. Even when you're above, above reproach, you're going to have people that come against you. You don't have to defend yourself. You, you, just, you just consistently live a life that honors God. And I had a pastor that, did, that, that does that. And my senior pastor that I served with, Joe Marquez, that's how he lives. Above reproach for the 15 years that I've known him. Man. And he's had people come against him in certain little things, but he never had to defend himself. He never said anything. Because the truth would always, God would defend him. You know, he was always above reproach. He was being led by the Lord consistently being obedient to God. And that's how we should be. Same way Nehemiah was. In verse 10 it says, Now when I went into the house of Shemaiah, uh, the son of Delayah, uh, the son of uh, Mahetelah, uh, who's confined to his home, he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. Now, the slander doesn't work anymore. The verbal attacks don't work anymore. The gossip doesn't work anymore. And so what do they do? They threaten to kill them. Right? They're coming to kill you. And, and they're telling him to go into the temple. Now, what's sad about this is this is actually, these were prophets that were doing this. And a prophet is named Noadiah. They conspired against Nehemiah. These were people of God conspiring against Nehemiah. And this is something for us to be aware of. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Uh, that's why we're supposed to know the word of God and, and be consistent in, in, in God's word so we know when we see these false prophets come. We know when they try to come and, and enter into a church and pull people away. I mean, we had somebody try to do that that spent maybe three weeks in our men's study um, and went from group to group and started saying that our pastor was teaching, um, was not teaching uh, correctly. He was, he was, he was, 
false teaching, so to say. And and it was not true. I had been there every week. I was like, so um, sadly though, when he when we would be in prayer, he would he would kind of let things out that you know that he was going to have a he was having relations with some woman in the Philippines, and but he wasn't married. And so he kept saying he was a prophet of the Lord. I'm a prophet of the Lord. And I was like, you can't be a prophet of the Lord and be in sin. But he came up to me one one Wednesday night after I taught and he you know, he and it's weird because they try to stroke your ego. Like, oh, that was a really good teaching and I I don't need to hear all that. You know, I, I just teach the word, it's God. You know, and and then he tells me, Well, you know, your your pastor's been uh, the things that he's teaching is not correct. And so I asked for examples. I was like, can you give me an example of what he taught? Can you give me, he goes, well, it was on a Sunday. Well, give me the teaching. I'll go pull it up. I'll go watch it, and I'll, I'll, I would like to know. And he couldn't give me an answer. And so I said, okay, well, we need to go talk to the senior pastor because you've accused him, not just with me, but with other men in the church that he's doing this. And so you, we need to go sit down and talk with the senior pastor. And sure enough, I mean, he got upset and we had to physically remove him from the church. He got, he got physically upset. Um, and, and it's sad, but there are false prophets. There are sheeps and, uh, and, and sheep's clothing, you know, but inwardly the ravenous wolves that are coming in. So you need to be aware of that. You need to be, you need to understand when people come in and try to compromise or try to, you know, you know, say things about the, the word of God, like, oh, it's, it's not really all true. Some of it that that's not right. What they're trying to do is pull you away and you need to be very careful of that. You know, what's funny is they're telling Nehemiah to go into the temple, but you know what Nehemiah doesn't do? He doesn't go into the temple. You know why? Because Nehemiah understood the law. He knew the word of God. What would happen to somebody if they entered the temple? If they weren't a Levite or a priest, they would be killed. You can't go into the Holy of Holies. You can't go into the to, into the temple without being a Levite. You know, and, and that's in Second Chronicles 23.6. It says, Let no one enter the house of the Lord except the priest and the ministering Levites. You know, and, and, and Nehemiah knew that. He knows the word. In verse uh, chapter 6, verse 11, it says, But I said, so should such a man as I run away? I love that. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Don't run away. You've got too many men that are running away from the responsibilities. And what men uh, such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in it. Nehemiah is like, hey, I, I know the word of God. You're not going to get me to compromise. I'm, I'm not going to drift away from the word for you. I'm not doing that. I love that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people do drift away. It says in, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we must pay close, must pay closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. That's why being in the word is so important. Don't doubt that God's word is going to guide you. It's going to guide you. You know, the verse that we know very well in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division 
of the soul and of the spirit and of the joints of the marrow, discerning the, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know what's cool about that verse is it, it talks about the soul and the spirit. You want to be led by the spirit. And so that's what the Word of God does, is the Word of God actually pierces the division of the soul and the spirit so you can be led by the spirit, right? And, and that's what we need. And verse 12 of, of Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 12, one of the things that we find out is that, um, and, and, and I understood and saw that God had sent him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambal had hired me, or, or had hired him. And so we find out that they were, they had been working together, um, and and sadly, you know, this this does happen. So for us, what we need to be is we need to be, uh, you know, something as Christians. In Matthew chapter ten, verse sixteen, we need to be, uh, uh, you know, as as wise as serpents, as 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 innocent as doves. You need to be wise. Why? Because behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Nehemiah 6.13 says, For this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act, act in this way in sin. And so they, uh, they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. And sadly, they hired him, a man of God. They used a man of God to do the evil. And, and that happens in the church today. We need to be very careful of it. And so they weren't just trying to kill him. They're trying to ruin his reputation to make him uh, people question his leadership, right? And so we need to we need to be aware of that. Uh, these men, Sam, Bala, and Tobiah, were just wicked uh, wickedness, and God used them. You know what we see is. Uh, God allowed this to happen, and we see Sambal and Tobiah being used by the enemy, but God, God allowed it. You know, God allows this to happen, and, and Nehemiah, one of the things I love is Nehemiah just stands firm with the Lord, and, and, and God reveals what's happening here, and, and uh, he has discernment, so he knows what's, gonna, what's coming. Remember uh, Tobiah, this is in verse 14 of 6. Um, remember Tobiah and Sambalad, oh my God, according to these things that they did. And also the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. So one of the things that we need to remember in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, is the enemy is roaring, seeking someone to devour, right? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We know that verse, but the first part of that verse says to what? Be sober-minded and be watchful. Be sober-minded and be watchful. And that's what Nehemiah was. And then he gives them over to the Lord. He's like, God, you take care of them. He goes back to prayer again. And that's where the battles are going to be won. You know, if you're anxious, you're, you're struggling with anxiety, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, we know this verse very well. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, and by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What he's talking about, that, it, that do not be anxious, that, that word in the Greek actually means for two sides to be pulling to the point where it tears. That's how bad the, the anxiety is. And so that's why we're supposed to go to God in prayer. It's, it's relational. It's communication. 
You know, that's how we, you know, we, we go to the Lord. We go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, we need to be praying more and, you know, and worrying less, right? But Nehemiah goes to God and the enemy enemies will seek to stop whatever God is doing. We need to remember whenever we're doing something for the Lord, the enemy is going to try to stop it. Nehemiah 6.15 says, So the wall was finished on the 25th day on the month of Ul in, in 52 days. You realize Nehemiah spent more time praying to go to Jerusalem than it took for the wall to be built. He spent four months in prayer just to go. And it only took 52 days. And I love this verse. Verse 16 is an amazing verse. Uh, it, it says, And when all our enemies heard of it, so they found out the wall's been built. And when all of our, all of our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. The enemies are afraid. Why? Because God used those perfumers, those locksmiths, the daughters of the families, everybody out there building the wall, and none of them were construction workers. None of them had expertise in making a wall, but God provided and gave them the direction. They were led by the Lord, guided by God, and the work was accomplished by the Lord. Right? Who gets the glory? God does. But also the enemies are afraid. The enemies are afraid. All the stuff that Sam Bowen and Tobiah did never stopped it. Never stopped it because they continue to do the work of the Lord. And that's what we need to do. Right now it may seem like the world is upside down. In the last 112 days we've seen uh, this administration uh, allow abortion uh, to go back the way it was. And, 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 and laws that, that actually go against Christian beliefs. Uh, but we need to understand the work of the Lord still needs to keep going. We just need to keep doing the work of the Lord. And God will take care of all that stuff. In verse 17, it says, Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, uh, the son of Adrach, and his son, uh, Jehokanan, uh, had taken the daughter of Meshulam, and the son of uh, Berachion as his wife. And they also spoke of his good deeds and my presence, reported my words to him, and Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. And so what we see is the nobles were involved. They were sending letters back and forth, information about what was happening. Ways the enemies were the enemies was using this to and they were they there was people married within this, and Tobiah was using all of that uh, to to send letters, and this was all happening while the the wall was being built to try to prevent the wall from being built. Proverbs twenty eight four says those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law strive against them. He was related to the nobles and the leaders. And Judah was exchanging letters. It's, it's sad because all they were trying to do is continue to create fear to kind of to, to get the work to stop. To stop God's work. And, and one of the things that we know is these two knuckleheads are actually these three. Sambal, Tobiah, and Geshem, 
they're in the Bible for, they look like fools. For trying to hinder in God's work and they couldn't stop it because you know what? No one can stop the work of the Lord. We just need to keep persevering. And one of the things I love about Nehemiah, when you read Psalm 1, 1, that's Nehemiah. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He's he, he not going to walk with you and get counsel from the wicked. He's not going to stand in, in, uh, with sinners. He's definitely not going to sit with you in a meeting because he already knows your heart. It's been revealed. The character of your heart's been revealed. So what's our application? Discernment. We need to be asking God for spiritual discernment to, to lead, to be led by the Spirit. Okay? It, it says in, in James chapter 1, verse 5, if, anyone you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Right? We need to be asking for that, that wisdom. God will give us the wisdom and direction to make the right decisions. The other thing is, is, is have you allowed compromise in your life? Has someone come into your life, that's the enemy, and started pulling you away from the work of the Lord that was being done in your life? Was there a sheep that came next to you? And now you found out he's a wolf. And, and he's caused you to fall back and fall away from the Lord. If so, you just need to repent and come back to Christ. Come back to Christ. Remember, remember Nehemiah 6, verse 16. The enemy heard of it. And what did they know? They know that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. They stuck to the work of the Lord. I know right now seems really hard. Uh, for a lot of people... Uh, 2020 and 2021 has not started in a great way but we need to continue to keep doing the work of the Lord what God has put on your heart you need to keep doing keep going right I know right now our nation looks like a joke again it's sad it really is we, we have a, a falling away from the Lord as a nation and, and we need to be seeking God through prayer for us to return back to the things of the Lord. The enemy doesn't win. Okay? It, we know that Jesus has victory. And he's coming soon. And, and his second coming is, is uh, he's coming as the conquering king, as the Lion of Judah. But the enemy is going to try to come at you one time, two times, three times, four times, day after day after day after day. And you need to be like Nehemiah. You need to be in prayer and you need to have the word on your heart. That's why being in the Bible is so important. That's why being in the Bible is so important. Let me go ahead and close out in prayer. Uh, next week we'll be in Nehemiah chapter 7. And this Sunday will be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 34. And we're going to look at the authority of Christ, and we're going to actually see Jesus come to church. And so hopefully you'll come to church uh, this Sunday.
Uh, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. We pray, Lord, for uh, uh, just us to be able to uh, be aware of the attacks that the enemy brings in front of us, that we would have an answer for the day that sin comes knocking at the door. When that temptation comes, that we can we can combat it with the Word of God. Um, we know that the enemy will come day after day after day, um, four times and five times. And, and, and Lord, we just have to continue to keep seeking you. And so we pray uh, for those that uh, may have been compromised, that may have been pulled away by a, by a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. We pray that you would um, uh, draw them back to you in a right relationship with you. And we also pray, Lord, that we would be, uh, you know, as we learn about Nehemiah's character, one of the things that we know is that he was a man that had spiritual discernment. We pray that for each of us. We also pray that uh, that we would be uh, in the word the way that Nehemiah was. He knew he couldn't go into the temple because he knew it was against the word of God. And, and we also pray that we, uh, as we see Nehemiah, praying more just to go to Jerusalem, four months of prayer. And it only took 52 days for you to build the wall. That's, that's a work of the Lord. And Lord, we pray for any work that we're doing in our life that is for you, that you would get the glory, that people would see that it's a work of the Lord and that it would draw people to come to know you. We thank you so much for this city of divine. We pray for our mayor, we pray for our city council, and we pray for uh, uh, just the, uh, the business side of it, our commerce, the Chamber of Commerce. We pray for them as well. Uh, lift up Mark and uh, the Mark and Media building and Marcus and, and their family and just ask that you just continue to bless them. And we thank you for them allowing us to be in this building. Um, we pray for them and, and just pray that you just continue to bless them, Lord. And bless the city of divine. We pray that you would bring many souls that do not know you to know Christ. And we pray that not only in divine, but in Natalia, in Lytle, um, you know, in Hondo. Uh, we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to do a mighty work in all of our lives, Lord. And let us apply this word in our life today. Uh, give us that spiritual discernment, that wisdom. And let us be led by you, Lord, by the Spirit. Uh, we thank you and we ask that in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.